Welcome to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm your host, Emily Trenum. Memphis Metropolis is all about our city as an urban place, including its neighborhoods, buildings, pathways, and parks, as well as the people who shape it. Join us each week as community leaders and commentators talk with me about our shared built environment. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM at Crosstown. I'm Emily Trenum, the host. And this week, we are talking about the the fantastic new upcoming Ed Rice Community Center in Frazier, in the wonderful Frazier neighborhood. I'm very fond of Frazier. I have done a bunch of shows about it. And my guests are Todd Walker, who is principal at Archimania, a local architecture firm that is working on the, the project. And then Shelly Rice, who is, I didn't know what your title was, Shelly, so I called you longtime master of ceremonies for the, <laughs> for okay. the, for the Frazier Exchange Club. And... You know, Fraser insiders and a lot of community leaders know that the Fraser Exchange Club is a weekly gathering in yep. the neighborhood. And if you're anybody in Fraser or you want to know what's going on, attending is um, it's really a must. And I've only been a couple of times myself, but but it's open to all anyone in the community that wants to attend. And a lot of people come through every week. There's a different guest speaker. I know Todd, you've been on the program talking about the community center. So shout out to the Frazier exchange club. I guess you're, you're meeting back in person now, right? No, we're actually, we're not. We're still just totally uh, virtual. Now the first of the year, we're going to go back to meeting in person. Plus we're going to do our zoom and uh, stream live on Facebook. So we're looking forward to that. Okay, that sounds good. So let's talk. I've been to I've been to the Ed Rice the old Ed Rice Community Center yeah. a number of times and know how what an incredible asset is and what a beehive of activity it is in Fraser. So, but I don't know much about the the new center, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. So first of all, um, and I don't know who wants to tackle this, but who was Ed Rice? Hey, let me okay. do a little bit on that because I do okay. have a little bit. Of, I have I have some background with that information. <laughs> well, you totally. can be brief. I just I've, I didn't have no idea who he is. I'm I'm guessing he's Ed, a. Ed Rice a, was uh, a community leader in the Fraser area. Uh, of course, the Ed Rice Community Center or the community center itself was built in 1965. Okay. And uh, but uh, Ed Rice was. <clears throat> A resident of Fraser, he was uh, um, served in the U.S. Army during World War II. He was totally active in almost everything that was Fraser. Back then in Fraser, back in 1955, uh, 58, before it was annexed into the city of Memphis, there was only 1,800 registered voters in the whole community. So, and. Now it's gone up to over 21,000, but Ed Rice, was, he's a uh, member of the VFW, uh, lifetime member of Shelby County Fraser Civic Club, president of the Fraser Civic Club, Fraser Community Council, just involved in almost everything was Fraser, and uh, had a sports shop, Fraser Sports Shop, and then had the Fraser Maid over on Highway 51. Oh, the Fraser Maid, okay, I've heard of that. Yeah. So, so the the new center is going to retain his name, right? Still going to be yeah. Ed Rice Community Center. 
Yes, ma'am. And, and we're so proud of that. And I know he would be. Okay. So Shelly, while you're talking, um, just say a few words about, you know, what Ed Rice means to the Fraser community. Well, the community center, Ed Rice Community Center, it's Frasier's an area of about 21 square miles, so it's a big geographical area to start off with. It's got a population now of between 45 and 50,000 people, depending upon which census that you look at. And uh, if you took the population of around 50,000, it'd be like the 12th largest city in the state of Tennessee. So... What Ed Rice Community Center has been like, it's a hub for everything that goes on in Frazier. All, almost all the civic organization, all the organizations met up there. Everybody learned to swim up at the Frazier, up the Ed Rice Community Center. Uh, it you know, offered basketball, all the sports during the summer. It was just a great place to grow, to, to be a part of. For all the everybody out in Fraser, everybody has a story about what they did at the Ed Rice Community Center. So the I know that yeah. you know Fraser is pretty um, mixed demographically. I guess it's most it's majority African American now. I guess, but still um, a good mix. But at one time, Fraser was I think it was completely white and. And was the community when the community center was built? I guess that was no longer the case. No, not totally, but it was still fairly close to that uh, ratio as far as demographics. But you had International Harvester that was a big employer out there. You had Firestone, you had Kimberly Clark, you had Humco, and uh, you know, of course, you had Dupont on the north side of Fraser. So you had a lot of big national companies that were employers. And then over the years, in the last, say, 30 years, 40 years, back in the 90s, that just basically went away. And uh, population started changing. And uh, not only is it, you know, has it changed demographically, but of course, now it's probably about mm, 57% rental property out in Fraser. Well, and, and we may talk about this a little more if we have time, but that's one of the exciting things to me is that Fraser is actually getting a lot of reinvestment after wow. you know many decades of disinvestment, and that's just really great to see. It is. You've got the Ed Rice Community Center that's going in brand new. We've got a brand new library coming to Fraser. Porter Leaf just got through building a brand new facility out in that area. We've got Girls, Inc. that's getting ready to start on their uh, building out at the Girls, Inc. farm in Frazier. There's so many positives going on in the Frazier community. It's just They've had almost, I think it's like $90 million worth of new investments that have that's come amazing. into Frazier. Yeah. That's amazing. So, Todd, um, before we talk about the building, I mean, what, as you've been out you know, in the community, in the process doing this work, what reflect a little on what you heard about how important Ed Rice was to the community. I mean, and that kind of input, I guess, in, informed your work. But I'm just thinking about how it is. It's just, it's really a, it's a, it's such an important institution in Fraser. Yeah. Yeah. So when we first went out. Emily, I mean, you know, the first time we went out was just a normal day on a Thursday. And 
we looked at what was going on there and there were a few kids playing basketball. It was a cooler day. This pool wasn't open at that, at that time. So it looked like, um, as Shelly said, it was a hub of activity, but it's mostly young people. And it's sort of what you would expect at a community center. But what was interesting to me is when we came out then a few weeks later for a public meeting, a town meeting, I was just amazed by the number of people that were um, more senior citizens, let's just say, that had been around the community so long. And I think one, you know, how much pride they had in the community and specifically in the community center and what they saw, they saw the significance and the importance of the community center. I was amazed at how energized they were and how active they were at the town meeting. I mean, knowing what they wanted, and it wasn't just a want for their age group. You know, it was the want, they understood all the age groups. So I felt like that inspired, you know, the younger generation. There was a lot, generationally, there were a lot of people there. And we had people interested in everything from art to basketball. You know, so it was it was really cool to see um, how everyone sort of spoke the same language and and really respected. You know, not only you could see that you could see and feel the respect for Ed Rice. We just talked about Ed Rice, the person, but also the respect for the community center as to how it brought people together. So, you know, I know we'll talk about design as we get further into it, but I think that became the thing that sort of helped us position where we were going with the design is how do we strengthen um, this community through design, through this community center? Plus it's really, I mean, Frazier is very, you know, has a very nice terrain with its hilly, but also it's just the siding of the center. First of all, it's, in, with, it's the park, but also when you come up Watkins, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's a beacon on the hill, maybe that's you know, over the top, but still it's really, it's beautiful sighting. It's a really nice location. And um, it's just, there's a lot to, it was a lot to like about it, even though it needs to be replaced. It was a lot to like about it, even if in its earlier incarnation. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, on the drive North from, you know, from downtown, you, you make, you sort of go around this curve just before you get to the community center. And I can tell you, you know, we can talk offline of all the plans. We'd love to see a boulevard, you know, on the road that leads up to this and sort of think about, you know, what, what we can do to sort of expand upon the community center and the park. I mean, the park itself is just uh, a hidden gem. I mean, it's just amazing uh, to me. Well, I didn't honestly realize it was there. Well, are there any park? I know that, you know, there's a park master plan. I know that the park is, you know, somewhat separate from community. So I know there's a park master plan. I had I had um, Nick from the parks division coming on, can't come on a couple months ago and talk about that. But are any changes to the park planned for this? Or is that going to be handled something that would be separate? Do either of you know? Yeah, um, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Shelley. My understanding was that uh, they have some plans, but nothing definite to come up now. Uh, maybe Todd probably has more insight into that than I do. But I, I know that, you know, they've done a lot of changes to some other parks out in Frazier, like Rodney Baber and uh, Davy Crockett and things like that. So th there's a lot of positive work being done. And I'm sure that uh, Ed Rice will, you know, enjoy some of that in the very near future. Right. 
Todd, do you have anything to add about the park or do you? Yeah, I mean, well, I'll just, yeah, two things. You know, there, I think there were some improvements just before we came online to the tennis courts and a few things like that that maybe were more of a maintenance improvement. But, I, you know, I think there are thoughts in the future as to uh, other parts of the park. I'm not sure where they are on that. But I would say, you know, one of the things that we've done with the building and that, that the parks group will continue is the, the walking trail. So we're going to tie it into the building so that people can walk into the building. And again, I'll talk more about this, but this is how we want to engage the community. So we want them to move into the building. So if you're on a trail, you can go out on the park or you can go into the building. If it's a cold or rainy day, um, or if you only if you have limits in how far you can walk, you can stay inside the building. And we're using this to engage the building. It's not just a walk trail in a gymnasium that you'd see often. This is something that really engages many of the spaces in the building itself. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the building. I mean, I, I had a couple sort of I guess more granular questions, like you mentioned the tennis courts, like I know the old community center was demolished, but what about the tennis courts, the swimming pool or, or all of that demolished or some of that staying? Yeah. So, I mean, it was interesting the first time our office, our team design team was out there, you know, we saw the gym, we saw the community center. Then in between we saw the pool, swimming pool, yeah. And then we saw the tennis courts and the tennis court building. And they're all detached. They weren't connected. So it was like these three or four distinct and separate objects that really sort of didn't work to support the community from a togetherness standpoint. It did a great job just functionally, you know, being there to support those functions. But so what, what we've done is we've renovated the pool. The pool building had been renovated, but we have taken a good part of it down keeping the parts that were uh, significant to the to the more recent renovation and tying it into the new building. And of course, the plan is um, to tie the that eventually the tennis court building will come down and hopefully we'll have funds at some point to extend this building further to the north so that we can um, we can take on those tennis uh, components as part of the building because we want we wanted it to be just one structure. And we wanted it to be a structure. You know, if you if you drove past uh, on the road or even walked past, you could see into the pool, you could see into the tennis courts. But how do we how do we create a building that would be transparent so when people are in the building, they can see through to those those functions, and when they're on the street, they can see through to some of those functions. So just tie it all together seamlessly uh, was our objective from the beginning. And I guess from what you said a minute ago about the park, kind of thinking about it all as kind of a, a community space, you know, components of a community space and how can they, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So Todd, I know just from talking to you and your colleagues that this was, you know, this is an important project. You know, you've, you've led a lot of very sort of sexy projects in Memphis, you know, like the ballet building, you know, ballet Memphis and collage, and there's many others. Um, you're working on the new Brooks. I'm excited about that personally, but um, but I think you're I think you're just as excited about Ed Rice. So, I mean, why and what what makes you so excited about the project? Take it on the yeah. project. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. <clears throat> you brought up those those few projects because all of those pro are projects that bring the community together, and I think that. You know, when you look at the commu a community center and the idea of a community center, I mean, one, clearly it offers 
programs and functions for people that use it. But it should be a place that brings people together, a place where, you know, in the case of the Ed Rice Community Center, I think you're going to see that young people can learn from older people and older people can young from can learn from younger people. And I think, you know, from our standpoint as an office, you know, anything that we can do that helps improve our community, you know, at either in this case, sort of a, a macro a micro scale but also at a macro scale, because it just sort of ripples out. You know, I mean, uh, Shelley talked about a few other projects there. You know, we're also working on the Girls Inc. project in Frazier. And I'm just look at the money that is being spent in that area and how all these projects can sort of come together to strengthen the community. But I think that, you know, we can we call these community centers, you know, we call museums, cultural centers. You could also say that Many, many of these are are sort of cultural centers at some level, and it's where we can come come together and learn from learn from each other and support. You know, in this case, we can support basketball. We can support a family reunion. We can support the arts because, again, there's just a great art program that's there at the center. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to Memphis Metropolis on 91.7 WYXR across town. And I'm talking to Todd Walker from Archimania and Shelley Rice from the Fraser Exchange Club. And we're talking about the new Ed Rice Community Center in the Fraser neighborhood. So, Todd, what are some, you mentioned some, um, you know, design elements um, or I guess even some strategies, you know, connecting the center with the park and the transparency. But is there, I mean, I haven't seen any, you know, renderings, but is there... Like a des- is there like an over overarching design concept, or what are some of the design ele- design? And I realize we're on the radio, so there weren't necessarily pictures. What are some of the design elements, or or what's the design vision that you can articulate to our listeners? Yeah, well, one you know, one I think that you know, we deal in architecture. You hear a lot about style. And I think uh, style of a building, is it a Victorian or is it a modern building, whatever the case may be. And, and I think for, for this building, it's just really honest. You know, it's just trying to do this simple thing of bringing people together and bringing all those core functions. You know, we talked the pool, the tennis court, the gym. And then it has lots of other, you know, spaces in it. Uh, it has a fitness studio, an art studio. Uh, it has a, a sports room for mats, um, a game room, media room. So it has these little lounge spaces where people can walk down this circulation spine. So you know, keep in mind, this circulation spine moves from south to north and north to south along the front of the building. So what's a, cir- what's a circulation spine? Don't make me ring so, my jargon yeah, bell. Okay, don't ring the jargon bell. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, it's like a, a center hallway. It's probably yeah, not, it's but. A, well, it's like a highway. Okay. <laughs> okay. So take get completely off the jargon. Uh, but it's like, a, you know, it's like a highway that you can move through the building. You walk through and you have all these adjacencies. So the idea is if you walk from one end to the other, you're actually experiencing almost every space in the building. So in theory, you're experiencing almost every person in the building. And we have these stopping places where people can stop and talk. And, you know, you know, often you may have, you may have functions that are sort of grouped together. If it's, if it's a younger group for games or an older group for this, well, what we wanted to do is mix those functions. So everyone has to engage together. 
Okay. So it's, I guess, kind of a pathway through the building. I mean, it's your typical community center. There's a hall, and then there's the arts room on the left, and then there's the basketball court on the right. And they are sort of, um, and you don't walk through one to get to the other most of the time. Yeah, so so it sounds like there will be a, an opportunity, not just for generations, but for different kind of users yeah. to. Also, Shelley, this this sounds like it also might be conducive to, you know, community engagement. There's a lot of community meetings and public meetings that Ed Rice. It's hard to get people to turn out for those kinds of things. Seems like if you're, you know, you're on your way to, um, you know, basketball or or, you know, your quilting group, and you, you're you sort of on this pathway, and you're, you know, there's people with renderings on the wall talking about something new. Don't you think that will be helpful in that way? Well, I don't think there's any doubt that it'll uh, start drawing a lot more people, and, you know, all age groups, and whether it's the Fraser PTSA, or one uh, some of the civic organizations out in the community, uh, you know, a lot of the church groups were having uh meetings up there at Ed Rice, and uh, you had judo, uh, uh, small karate classes that were going on, you had uh, yoga, I mean, there's just so many things, and, and the, the job that Todd and them have done in the uh, design is just unbelievable, the way it's going to attract people to the Ed Rice Community Center, just done a tremendous job. Yeah, attract new people, but also, once people are inside, it sounds like There'll be more more opportunities. You can't force, you know, engagement and interaction, but if you can present the opportunities and hope people will take advantage, it sounds like that's what you had in mind, Todd. Yeah, actually, I'm really, um, uh, Shelley reminded me of something that we did that's really important. And he said that we would attract people to the community center. And from the beginning, we wanted this building to be as transparent as it could be. And of course, you know, there's always this question, do you have, do you have lots of glass, how much glass is too much glass in the community center? So we get, you know, we always get a little pushback on that. But in this case, we didn't get too much pushback. And the idea to me had to do with this, you know, just this idea of the building sort of being a billboard for the community. So if you drive past, you can look into the building, especially at the later hours in the evening when the lights come on, you can really see in so not only can you see all the programs and the functions, but you can see the people. And yeah. you know, the idea is, you know, wow, I see Shelley. I mean, look, I can see him in there and I want to stop. And maybe I just want to stop and have a conversation. Maybe I'm there to play basketball. But it really, you know, think of this building as sort of a, transport, a transparent billboard that draws people in. And I think that's really important because, you know, a lot of the community centers that have been built in the last 20 years or so, it seems like we're using less and less glass in, in these buildings, and it just makes it sort of closed off, and it sort of separates it from the community, and, and we wanted to change that with this building. You know, Emily, uh, people are not joiners like they once were, but they want to be a part of something, and people want to be a part of, you know, whether it's basketball, whether it's uh art or whatever it might be. And, you know, with the design, that's going to draw people in to see what's going on. So I agree with that. People aren't joiners like they used to be. I mean, think of all the, you know, the clubs like the Exchange Club and the Rotary and all those clubs, Lions Club, that used to exist. And if they still do, they're a shadow of their former selves. So, um, so Todd, the 
I guess a question I had, and I do think Arkham Mania is really, you know, is very known for its design. I saw that um, you know, the recent Memphis Architectural Awards that that AIA just um, just convened that um, that Arkham Mania won a number of awards this year. And so congratulations for that. And I think you are known for your design. And how do you, I mean, a community center, I mean, first of all, there's a lot of just functions that you have to take into account. Um, And there's a lot of functional, a a lot of functional uses. A lot of different kinds of people have to be uh, accommodated. and, And then, of course, it's government. And it's, you know, I know you're always working on a budget, especially with some of these nonprofits, you're, you're always working on a budget, but they're, you know, government. And so how do you, um, I mean, how do you sort of balance those things in a building like this, the, um, you know, achieving the, the, you know, the design you want? I love the, the idea of it being, you know, this transparent, this welcoming beacon and Fraser. How do, how do you accomplish that, but also sort of, you know, check off everything else on that very long wish list that the community has. <laughs> yeah, those that's those are a lot of good questions, Emily. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm no, I'm, I always do that. I always combine like five <laughs> questions into one. So I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, um, you you're constantly juggling all these things in a design. You know, and I would agree. The, a community center has so many different clients. Uh, you know, right, it has the city and it has parks, it has the community, it has the young people and the older people, and uh, it has the, the kids and the families that go to the pool and the ones that are there for the reunions and the meeting rooms. And so it's a lot of different user groups. And I think that all these different constraints are the things that makes, that at least drives us to make a building better. And, and I think it's always the challenge of, you know, looking at other buildings and which sort, sort of want to understand how they're doing other community centers, the ones that are more recent, and how can we learn from them to make the newest ones better? And I think, you know, in, in this case, those are the really the things that inspired us, you know, and, and the people. I mean, I, more than anything, the people in Fraser that came out for that first meeting were and are the ones that continue to inspire us today. You know, the, the Urban Art Commission is going to be involved in, in incorporating art into the building. And I think they're in the process of working through some of that now. And I think, you know, even you can say that that one piece alone is something that we've talked about since the beginning. I wish that, you know, I wish that we could do art uh, out on a crosswalk. You know, we know that kids walk across the street that go to the pool in the summer. There, you know, you, you begin as a design architect, you begin thinking and seeing all these other things that you need to do. And, and you become very much aware. You know, there are trees on the site. Uh, we yep. wanted to keep those trees in the beginning. Uh, we wanted to encompass all of these uses with this one building that made it feel like there was more togetherness um, and unity. Um, so, so I think just all these things are, are the things that help make it what it is now and what it's going to be. Um, you know, there, there was a, there is more meeting spaces that were planned for the, for the community center that I hope hopefully will be there one day if we can get um, a subsequent budget, maybe in the next few years to do that. Uh, and I think those, that's just icing on the cake. I mean, it's really something that just makes it better. 
I'll say one last thing on that, that you mentioned the park earlier. You know, there's so much park space. And I think knowing how Fraser is growing and knowing the proximity to Memphis and, and the fact that um, the, the bike trails are not far away, you know, it should be something, this park should be something in itself that inspires all of us to help uh, promote and and develop to to a higher place. So I, I, I think I'm looking at the community center as just sort of a springboard for more development specific to that uh, park and community center itself. Well, I agree. I mean, people don't, um, you know, when I moved, I'm not from Memphis originally. And, and when I started working community development, I realized that Frazier, for whatever reason, Frazier is a place that people like to make fun of. I don't, I mean, in every city has them. Um, I'm from New York and they call it the bridge and tunnel people, people who come into Manhattan from New Jersey and, um, on the weekends. And there's, there's always a group that, or an area that people like to make fun of. And I never understood why Frazier was, was that place because it's, you know, it is, it's just, it's, it's got so many beautiful areas and, um, and, and, you know, Todd, I feel like I mentioned this before the site. I mean, it must be great for, for an architect to be, you know, to have that site kind of site to work with. Um, I'm sure sometimes you're, you know, you're like, oh, what are we going to do here? I won't mention any particular project, but I think of a recent project where it's like, oh, what are we going to do here at this intersection? Well, <laughs> but that's a beautiful location. Yeah. Well, you know, this one, I think from the first visit, really this came to us that we needed, we needed sort of this long building that would tie all these functions together. Um, so it would do that functionally, but it would also help extend the transparency. So in other words, if I had sort of a narrow building that faces the road, I'm only going to get so much glass, but I have this really long building that stretches the length of the, you know, the side of the parking lot, then it's just more frontage. So in, in a way, it's like a, it's like a retail center uh, idea. You want more frontage with glass. I mean, this is far from a retail center, but it is that same idea that we want to expose uh, more of this uh, building to the community. So Shelly, um, yeah. what do you think in, in terms of, you know, the, you know, the new amenities and new uses, what do you think people are going to be most excited about with the new Ed Rice? And then what do you personally, you know, excited about uh, in this new, in this new facility? I really just think people are so anxious to get it reopened. They miss the Ed Rice Community Center just so much. There's so many things that have gone on for there. It's been closed and the rebuilding's going on for about, what, 18 months? And everybody's just looking forward to it. But the gym, unbelievable what it looks like. And the different meeting rooms, it's got a small kitchen, everything in there. And... Myself and uh, our family, we're just excited to have it reopen and, and to, again, be the focal point for Frazier. And what's the um, what's the timing of that? Um, and is it I uh, haven't really been following when it's going to re. So it sounds like it's partially it's partially done. Is that right, Todd? Uh, from my understanding, Nick, I mean, Todd can probably say, you know, address this a lot better than I can. But I think it's fairly well along about 70% somewhere in that neighborhood. And they're looking to open sometime in April. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It should be finished in March. Maybe it will be finished possibly earlier. Um, 
I don't know how long it takes the parks group to get it ready to open, but I would think that April would be the right uh, timing for that. And, you know, it would be the right time of year, Shelley, to it open will the center. Everybody's already uh, doing a lot of planning on, on the grand opening, trying to put some things mm -hmm. together. So everybody's just excited. And, you know, hey, bringing the community together, that's what it's all about. So I guess I should have asked this earlier, Todd, but two questions about the building. Are there, um, you know, complete, are there, are there completely new uses that didn't like, I'm thinking about, I mean, maybe there was a computer lab in the new, in the old building, um, but are there any completely new uses? Yeah, a lot, you know, and I say that because really, um, Shelly, you correct me if I'm wrong, but really as I see it before there was a gym Yes. And it had lots of little rooms. The rooms were just there. They weren't very functional. They weren't very usable. And then it had a pool. It still has a pool. It has this tennis center. So in a way, the, the Ed Rice Community Center had become like a gym that just had uh, uses around it that were sort of mixed. Yes, it had good art that was going on. Yes, it has the good karate, you know, that Shelley brought up earlier. So, you know, now it has it's going to have this really incredible game room for, let's just say, I'd like to say the kids, but hopefully it's for, for us older guys too. Uh, it's going to have a media and computer room that will be, um, you know, help satisfy, again, use for all age groups, learning, teaching, and just socialization. Um, it'll have a gym that's sized, you know, it has a platform in the gym for a stage, so you could have an event there. You could treat it like an auditorium. You could have a town meeting. Yeah. Uh, you could have an art show uh, in the gym if it gets that big. And from what I saw, the first one that I went to out there, they need a big space for an art show. It's that it's that popular there. You know, we have a real art studio now. We have a real fitness center, yeah. fitness studio, mat sports. Uh, we, we have the building organized that sort of encapsulates the pool building. And let me say, I mean, this is important to note because when, when these buildings were so separated before they're together, which they will be now, you know, you had to have someone sort of manning the pool building. You had to have someone kind of taking care of each one of these. And, and often you just have to close or lock the doors on certain things because there are not enough people. Now there's really just one check-in point. You know, in the summer, there may be two check-in points depending on how they use it. But it's much more um, controllable, uh, which also means it's easier and better, easier to stay open and it's easier to use. So, you know, I just also would add we have this really nice flex room where you could have uh, family reunions, yeah. things like that, that um, that was something that was really important. I think in the beginning conversations we had with with the residents there in Fa Frazier and you know, I, I just also want, I wanted to address, uh, Emily, what you said about Frazier earlier, because, you know, we all have misconceptions of, of things. Um, and, you know, I find that people often have misconceptions of Memphis. And yes, they you know, do. When, you know, when we went out to um, our first meeting there, the town meeting, with, I mean, there were probably, I don't know, oh, there were over 100 people that were there for this meeting which told me how excited there were. You know, usually when that many people show up, something's wrong or something's <laughs> going really well. Yes. Well, something was going really well. They were coming together to tell us what they wanted and how important this was to them. And uh, I was 
uh, again, just ecstatic, just what I saw, the community pride, the history there, the community. I mean, I was born in the early 60s, and I saw a lot of moms and dads of kids that were born in the early 60s that had been there since, uh, as Shelley said, this community center opened in 1965. So it's really, it was just great to see the community embrace uh, this and embrace uh, their community and and know that and I think they're all very much aware that that it's it's sort of turning a new leaf. I mean, it's it's you, you know again, Shelley mentioned all these things that are happening there. I mean, I, I'm just amazed at what I saw and, and again excited to just be part of it. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. So, Shelley, any um, any final words? Any you know about the community center or what you're looking forward to? I know you already answered that, but just want to give you an opportunity if there's anything else you want to share. Well, the main thing is that we're just so proud of what's going to be taking place in April of next year when the new community center opens as it's, it's just such a, a focal point in the center of Frazier. And uh, the Ed Rice Community Center has serviced a lot of young people and a lot of seniors over the years. And uh, a lot of people want to get back up there and uh, start, you know, renewing the old friendships that they had for so many years. Well, I'm very excited. I haven't been in the community center for a couple of years, but Hopefully. but um, I've been there a lot for community meetings and also, you know, mm-hmm. fairs, outdoor fairs and festivals, the Fraser yeah. Day event and all kinds of things over the years. So I'm looking forward to, to coming to some of that again. Well, this has been a great discussion. Uh, I've been talking to Todd Walker, who's principal of the Archimania architecture firm and Shelley Rice with the Fraser Exchange Club. We've been talking about the new Ed Rice Community Center that's coming soon in April. And thank you, Todd. Thank you, Shelley, for joining me on Memphis Metropolis. Thank, thank you, Emily. You're listening to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. Have you checked out any of WYXR's other shows? You can see the whole program guide on our website at wyxr.org. And while you're there, please consider making a donation. We're a brand new station lifting up everything Memphis, and we need your support. But don't go away. Stay tuned for the rest of the show. Russ College is now accepting applications for the fall 2022 semester. For more information, visit rustcollege.edu or contact admissions at 662-252-8000, extension 4043. Rust College, where tomorrow's leaders are students today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the second half of Memphis Metropolis. You're listening to WYXR 91.7 at Crosstown. And I've got... Cole Bradley, our in-house anthropologist back, one of our regular commentators. And Cole, the first half of the show, I we're talking about the new Ed Rice Community Center. And I had Todd Walker from Archimania and then Shelly Rice, who's an, an important neighborhood leader in Fraser. And I you know, listened to that interview again, had some had some reflections about it and wanted to share with you and get your thoughts as well. So the first was about um, urban design. And, you know, another community center that's being, you know, I don't, not much sure Ed Rice is part of the 
Accelerate Memphis, it might have been in the pipeline before. But as you know, there's a whole bunch of investment happening in projects around the city, including a lot in parks and community centers. And one of the community centers that's getting renovated is Gaston in South Memphis. And I think you've been inside, you know, Gaston Community Center is just a really cool old building with very neat design on the outside and inside. And and so listening to Todd Walker talking about that, just I was just, I guess where I'm going with this is just, you know, I feel so strongly that, you know, urban design, especially in civic projects, is so important. And you know, you and I have spent time at the Hickory Hill Community Center, which is a wonderful community center, but you know, it's utilitarian. I mean, the design is practical and utilitarian. It doesn't inspire you in a way that, you know, I think this new Ed Rice will, and then also places like Gaston. I mean, we used to invest in architecture and design for these civic spaces. And I feel like at some point that went out and maybe it's coming back. You know, I sure hope so. And I love that we're talking about this because that's what stands out to me most about Ed Rice is the design of the center as being the most unique and innovative and really benchmark component. The Particularly the idea of, of connectivity between the building and the park and the outdoor space, right? So many of our community centers are in uh, kind of situated in or adjacent to a park and so often they are disconnected from one another. There are activities and activation in the park or in, you know, vice versa or in the community center, but they're lacking in the other space. And so particularly the walking trail, the fact that it doesn't just, it's not just, as you mentioned, Hickory Hill. So Hickory Hill has a walking trail in the building, right? It's above the gym, the gymnasium floor. And, you know, this idea of, a utilitarian walking space versus a true design element that flows throughout the entire building that really brings in, brings people into the spaces of the building they might not otherwise use and activates the entire area. It's just, it's brilliant design. It's really brilliant design. Well, I agree. And a lot of times, I mean, community centers are frequently you know, in parks or in green spaces. And yeah, if, if you want to use the park and then go in the community center, you got to go around in the front, you know, go in the front door. And I don't know, he, he didn't talk specifically about, um, you know, if there'd be some kind of a, a plaza or a patio, but to me, yeah, they, they, exactly. They ought to flow together. And I think, I do think there's more emphasis on that. When, when I did the show on Liberty Park a couple weeks ago, you might remember that the, there's a big emphasis on connecting, you know, turning that, you know, the Liberty Park into more sort of a campus yes. over time, you know, connecting those things through, you know, pathways, wayfinding. And so, so you, it does feel like, you know, a community space made up of a lot of different uses, but they're all kind of the same purpose. And I think that's what they're getting at here. Yeah. And I think it's absolutely brilliant as well as the sort of, I love the idea of a building being transparent, particularly when it comes to a civic asset, because, you know, civics in general, government should be transparent, right? And these places are for and of the people. So we're talking about metaphorical transparency, but I love the idea of incorporating uh, 
physical transparency into a building as another way to bring the outdoors in and the indoors out, you know, put those two elements as close together in the sight line as well, not just in how you move. Love that. I really hope this makes me think of speaking of another community center, another accelerate, uh, you know, an accelerate project, uh, Geisman, right? Right. Uh, that park has seen major change, innovation, and revolution in the last, we'll say, seven, eight years or so. And now the community center is getting major investment. I really hope, particularly given Geisman's new arboretum that will flow through the park space, that big 24, 25 acre park there. I hope that that building will take some some nods from this Ed Rice redevelopment as far as the connectivity piece between that community center, which is well used, and that park, which is well used, but they're well used independently of one another, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's no reason why. I mean, when you think about it, if you go to like Shelby Farms Park, you know, the buildings there, that's a great example that, you know, the, the buildings of Shelby Farmers Park, you know, there's, there's patios and the, you know, the spaces open up, even if you, if you don't walk, even if there are steps down, you walk out, you overlook the park. It's all one space. Yes. Yes. And, um, and I'd like for sure, hopefully we're going in that direction. I don't know that much about the Geisman project, about the community center, but I'm with you. We need, I need to dig in a little more and, and learn about that. Yeah, I don't know much either. It's just my hope for the place, you know, especially given, you know, I have my own connections to Geisman. That's the community center in the park that I grew up in. I, I literally teethed on basketballs sitting next to the court while my my dad and my uncle played, my father and my uncle played. And now those courts are soccer park or soccer courts, which I just think is such a beautiful comment on the change in the city and in the neighborhood. And Frazier, I know y'all talked a lot about um, sort of the reinvestment in Frazier too, that Ed Rice is indicative of. Yeah, there's so much, there's so much reinvestment happening there and it's long overdue. So another thing, kind of on the connectivity, another element that I love that I knew you would seize on as well, because we're, we think alike on these things, was the, in terms of the interior, the pathway that is going to go inside the building. That's my word. The pathway is going to go inside the building, connecting the different areas, more of a flow, not just a hall with rooms off of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... It's just absolutely brilliant. You know, not just from a activate the building space and a connectivity space, but also thinking about user experience, right? Thinking about that person who is taking that walk and moving through a, a given space. You know, it's it's more interesting. It's more engaging. There's more to look at and to do. And so from a user experience perspective, it's a huge improvement over the current kind of mode of thinking for most uh, or for most community centers and public spaces that exist, which is you get a walking trail in the park and maybe you get an indoor track of some sort. And I just love the the varying experience that an individual can have as they go through this journey through the space. Also, but it seems like it's, the interactions, the intergenerational interactions would be a little more natural. I mean, because, I mean, yeah, you can, you can, you know, put seniors and kids in a room and say, okay, tell stories to each other and, you know, do the, 
do that some do some joint learning. I mean, or you can, you know, have senior activities and the kids walk through it on their way to on their way to the basketball court. Or one thing I talked about was, you know, from a community engagement perspective, a public meeting, you know, if you are walking to the basketball court and you're walking by an area that's having a public meeting, you might be more engaged instead of just walking directly to your space. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And then also, um, I hate this idea that public assets like these, and we'll say parks, community centers, and libraries get lumped in this too, are really only for kids and seniors, right? This idea that these are the target and the main audiences. And so let's build and design for them because people who are in the middle, uh, young families or singles, young professionals, teens get included in the library and the park stuff, right? But not so much in the community center. Anyway, I hate this idea that those people in the middle are kind of lost to this. And I know that that's not what people are actually thinking as they design. And that's certainly not what our staff members who are in these spaces are hoping for. But that's kind of the mentality, right? And I hate that. So what I do think is walking trails in particular are a much more diverse asset When you walk a trail at any given park in Memphis, you see people of all ages. It is not relegated to seniors or children, right? And so I'm hoping, my hope would be that a path that moves through the entire space begins to change our perception of what that space is and who it's for, right? That space is now for everyone. Everyone who walks a track uh, or rides a track or moves through any of these spaces now kind of moves through as one, right? And I I just love that. I love that. I hope that it begins to activate the space in different ways and that people who maybe are in their, maybe it's a young professional in their thirties or early forties, maybe it's a, a young family who they're taking a walk and they see, Oh, look, we're in the building now. And this community center has this room over here and maybe I could rent it for a birthday party. You know, I could, or I could reserve it for a birthday party or whatever the case may be, you know? Well, well Todd Walker talked about that, about, um, about trying to create spaces that are going to be attractive to adults too, because you're right. I and mean, when you think about, of course, people bring their kids to the community center, probably a lot of times they drop them off. But um, when you think about it, a lot of community centers, there's just not that much for adults. There's community meetings, you go there to vote. Um, but I mean, your white walking trails, things like, you know, pickleball bring bring adults in. I mean, what other things, special events, I think there'll be, it'll be nicer special events facilities. And so people can do sweet 16s and those kind of things. matters, right? So, I mean, thing, the thing that people, it's funny when we talk about, well, it's for seniors. It's not for seniors. Seniors are using it. That's the difference. Most well, and, they're, and they're free during exactly. the day. <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, yes, there is that. There is absolutely that. It's the, it's an hours issue, right? But aside from that, seniors and kids are programming the space. These things exist for those two groups of people because they are there and they need it. And so, and a lot of it is self-started. So when we talk about, for example, we'll talk about Hickory Hill again, the seniors, the, the dancers, the, there's a huge dancing group, senior dancers down in Hickory Hill at that community center. They meet regularly, they have birthday parties and just dance and have a great time, right? They generated that 
the community center didn't say, let's start a senior dancing program. The people did. And so my hope would be that if more young people and young families and people who are not just children and seniors get into the spaces because it is more transparent, because it is has better connectivity, that they will then begin to see the possibilities in their mind for programming and create their own programming. It's a space. It's not the it's not the city's job to program every moment in those civic spaces. It's the people's job to some degree. Well, and you know what'd be cool? I mean, you know, um, parks, some local parks, and of course a lot of cities have friends groups, you know, the friends of yes. guys in park, whatever, and be cool if they had a similar thing for Ed Rice, like, you know, friends of Ed Rice and a group that would, you know, kind of a booster group that would yeah. maybe raise a little money to, for some extra programming, but also who could come up with some of those ideas, Yeah, things that would bring in, I mean, adult education classes, or there's a lot of things like that that could bring in, because I'm with you, it's, um, there's just so, so much competition for free time now, and you know, especially, you know, all the media offerings that people take advantage of. But I, it would be great if there was um, truly, yeah, multi-generational use yeah. of Ed Rice and other similar spaces. And I would definitely, to your question of what are things that could bring people in, I would definitely say that events, when you look at the library, for example, the library, I think, are really masterful at uh, at event planning and hosting and reaching out to the community that comes into their building and making sure that they know about what events are going on and stuff like that. Right. Our librarians are absolutely brilliant at that. And I think that community centers could take a play from that book uh, and host more events that are community oriented, that are targeted to other groups of people. But that said, your point about a friends group or a booster group is becomes critical at that point because the city and the community centers have very limited budget. And if you want people to come, they've got to know about it. You've got to spend money on advertising, on marketing. You've got to do word of mouth. It takes people uh, and it takes resources to do the recruiting on every level, right? Not to mention actually doing the thing. Whatever the thing is, it's going to cost money too. Because you know in Memphis, you got to feed people. Like that's not an option. You have to provide food of some sort if you want people to right. show up. It's true. It's south, uh, that's how we operate. And so, yeah, at that point, while events I think could be so helpful and critical to expanding the audience of our community centers and of Red Ed Rice specifically, it takes resources, and that, again, takes public commitment and public involvement. We have to be responsible for our public assets. Well, and some of this is is not necessarily expensive. You could do a, you know, a, a parent's pizza party once a month yeah. where people could come and just, just fellowship, I mean, with each other and have pizza. Um, and, you know, their kids could be off doing something and, you know, things like that don't don't necessarily cost a lot even in you know when a lot of families in Frazier don't have a lot of resources but there are things you can do so sure and there's plenty of donations and money going around right but it takes the people resources to hunt that stuff down so you can get those pizzas donated but you got to have people committed who are going to do that right and it's a little more challenging and i will say the onus is to place the onus 
on the people without also acknowledging the struggles of a community is irresponsible. So I would be remiss not to say that in a community like Frasier, where you do have, uh, you know, more, more sort of socioeconomic struggles happening, it is harder to get involved. And we have to acknowledge that. We do. We do. Well, I'm excited. And maybe when the community center is done, we'll, we'll take a field trip up there. Heck yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right, Cole. Well, we're out of time. As always, I appreciate your insights and enthusiasm. <laughs> so I, you know, thanks for being on the show this past year. And I look forward to, to having you back on in 2022. I'm just kind of putting together all my topics now, and I'm sure there'll be some you're interested in. So look forward to talking to you again soon. Oh, I can't wait to see that list. You too. It's been wonderful. It's been a great year with Memphis Metropolis. Thanks, Emily, for having me on. You've been listening to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Emily Trenum. Memphis Metropolis airs every Monday at 1, so please tune in again next week. You can listen to past programs on our program page at wyxr.org or on memphismetropolis.com. You can also follow us and send feedback on social media. Now, stay tuned for Memphis Undercover with Nancy.